Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Red Sox on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Gabrielle, founder of Girl at the Game, and I'm recording late tonight because I wanted to wait to record until after the Red Sox had played their final home game of the season. It was possibly Jackie Bradley Jr.'s final home game as a member of the Boston Red Sox, and I wanted to wait to record until I saw how he did tonight and just to talk about how I'm feeling about losing one of the core veteran members of this team yet again, and it's just been an emotional day. Honestly, I'm glad that on a podcast, no one can see me because for one thing, I'm wearing sweatpants, but mostly because I can record this when I've been crying. (laughs) So, you know, very beneficial for me. You know, all season, I was kind of waiting for this team to finish the season, put me out of my misery, It's obviously just not been a good season for them. And, I mean, it's not fun to watch your team lose over and over again. I joked throughout the season that I was so glad that I didn't have to live through this for an entire 162-game regular season. But today, waking up and realizing it was the last home game of the season, I got so sad. And I finally let myself feel all of the sadness that I've kind of been pushing away throughout the season because on top of everything else that's going on in the world, I couldn't really take the pain of baseball this year on top of it. I'm sure that would make sense to a lot of you. So today on Lockdown Red Sox, we're just going to talk about the last home game of the season and Jackie's last home game potentially. Hopefully not, but maybe. And I have a little I'm not going to call it gossip. It's not gossip, but I am friendly with a few Red Sox wives, and I've been talking to them about their feelings on a lot of this stuff. It's a perspective that you don't usually get. So as of right now, the Boston Red Sox are 22-35. and 35. They're in fifth place in the division. They have obviously mathematically eliminated themselves from the postseason, and they lost tonight 13-1 to to the fourth-place Baltimore Orioles, who are 24 and 33. So these two teams, bottom of the barrel, which I predicted at the beginning of the season. I mean, I didn't think it was going to be this bad, but we knew it wasn't going to be great. And the rest of the division, Yankees, Blue Jays, and Rays are all headed to the postseason. So congratulations to all of those teams except for the Yankees. In terms of Jackie Bradley Jr. tonight, He went one for four with a run scored, no walks, no RBIs, did have some good moments in the outfield as is typical of him in pretty much every game he plays. Not exactly Ted Williams hitting a home run in his final at bat, but still a good game. Obviously, it's a shortened season, but he's actually having one of the best offensive seasons of his career. Now, shortened season, obviously smaller sample size, and we know that Jackie has a tendency to get hot at the plate, have these kind of spurts. In 2016, he went on a 29-game streak with at least one hit in each game, which was the longest streak by a Red Sox batter since Nomar had 30 games in 1997. 
The franchise record belongs to Dom DiMaggio, who had a 34-game hit streak in 1942. Nobody has ever surpassed that, but JBJ of all people, for all of the doubters out there, had a 29-game hitting streak in 2016. So it's not that the man can't hit, it's that the man doesn't hit consistently. And that's an important distinction because, especially this season, Jackie Bradley Jr. has actually been one of the better offensive players on this team. That's not exactly saying much, but just a reminder, he is far from the biggest problem that this team has. He has contributed a lot over the years. There's no 2018 World Series championship without JBJ. He was the ALCS MVP that postseason. 10 RBIs all on two out extra base hits to carry them past the Astros, including that mammoth, absolutely delicious Grand Slam off of Astros closer and domestic abuser Roberto Ozuna. They don't win the World Series without Jackie because they don't get to the World Series without Jackie. And then coming into tonight's game, his 280 batting average on the season was third best on the team, and it's a career best for him in eight years in Major League Baseball, as is his 355 on base percentage, which is also second best on the team. He is ranked high on this team, which again, not saying very much, but he is ranked high on this team in pretty much every offensive category. He is top three or top five. He's right up there with guys like Alex Verdugo and Xander Bogarts, as crazy as that sounds. But what you really appreciate with Jackie Bradley Jr., or what you expect from Jackie Bradley Jr., I guess is a better way of saying it, because at this point, I think we're all so used to him just being so consistent in the outfield that we don't really understand how great he is. But you know who says he's one of the best outfielders in franchise history? Former Red Sox outfielders and absolute legends, Jim Rice, Dwight Evans, and Fred Lynn. So if you don't want to take it from me, take it from them. They are telling you JBJ is one of the all-time greats. So the question is, does Jackie Bradley Jr. come back? Honestly, sadly, I kind of feel like he's not going to come back, and there are a few reasons for that. For starters, the Red Sox have become Scrooges. Jackie Riley Jr. is one of the best outfielders in baseball, and he will command a sizable contract on the free agent market this offseason, even though it's a season when billionaire owners were crying the entire season about losing money. You know that they have the money, and a lot of teams would love to get an outfielder like Jackie Riley Jr., between 2014 and 2019, Jackie Bradley Jr. led the American League with 55 outfield assists and led all of Major League Baseball with 20 double plays as an outfielder. He's one of the best outfielders in baseball. Plenty of other teams will be willing to pony up the cash if the Red Sox, who are owned by the third richest ownership group in all of pro sports, don't want to pay yet another extremely valuable homegrown talent. So that's the first thing, the money. And his agent is Scott Boris, so when you say that money is going to be an issue, you know it's legit, because it's Scott Boris. Then there's the nagging rumor that the Red Sox will pursue George Springer, despite his injury history and the fact that he is a Houston Astro. I would much rather keep the guy who already knows how to perfectly navigate the outfield. We already know that he is loved by his teammates and a good fit here. But for whatever reason, the Red Sox love to look outside of themselves for people who 
will probably cost as much, if not more, than the actual talent that they currently have. It's why they signed Pablo Sandoval when they still had David Ortiz. It's why they traded away John Lester, but then they gave David Price a mammoth contract. This is what the Red Sox do. They get rid of the guy that they actually brought up through the minors who is amazing, and then they pay somebody else who isn't as good or isn't worth the money. So that's another wrinkle in this. And then finally, there's the fact that Chaim Bloom has not really been on the level when it comes to talking about Jackie's future in Boston. I've touched on this before, but after the trade deadline on August 31st, Chaim Bloom told the media straight up that the Red Sox love Jackie Bradley Jr., that they want him to be here for a long time, and basically was raving about JBJ, even though everybody knows that they were probably trying to trade him and just didn't get a return that they saw as worthwhile for him. And so instead, they moved Kevin Pillar. And I think that if they had gotten what they wanted for Jackie Bradley Jr., we wouldn't be having this conversation right now because they would have extended Kevin Pillar for very cheap and they would have traded Jackie Bradley Jr. But because they didn't manage to trade Jackie at the deadline, Chaim Bloom's obviously going to come out and say, we love Jackie, blah, blah, blah. But then Jackie blew up his spot. He told the media that the Red Sox had not discussed any kind of extension or contract with him, not brought up the idea of him staying in Boston. He straight up refuted the entire thing. And for starters, it's a really bad look for the Red Sox to just be lying. It's another bad look for a player. And I don't blame him. I'm not faulting Jackie at all for this. I'm simply saying you know because of the way that Jackie has interacted with the media over his career here. He's always super polite, very helpful, forthcoming, accountable. Jackie's not the kind of person who's going to just go off. So for him to outwardly say, they've never discussed anything with me, they haven't approached me about this, shows you that he's upset and he's just like done. And it's it totally tracks that they would have just not talked to him because we also found out earlier this season that they never approached Brock Holt last winter about an extension. And they also were messing around with Mitch Moreland about saying he wasn't going to be traded and then trading him at the last minute, which obviously happens. But the point is the Red Sox have made a habit of just blowing off their own players, not communicating with them, and lying to the media. Even if it's a lie of omission, they are just straight up not on the level. And you have players literally coming out and saying, well, it's really nice that Chaim Bloom told you he wants me to be here for a long time because he never told me. Like, A, that's a bad look. B, that's not a promising start to contract negotiations. And C, like, why? Why wouldn't you want Jackie Bradley Jr. here? Why wouldn't you want a veteran presence who's one of the best outfielders in baseball? I will never understand why you wouldn't want to keep someone like that. He wants to be here, or he did before all of this went down, before you didn't treat him right, which was so easy to just treat someone right. It's, when it comes to treating people right, one of the biggest places where that's most important is at work. Having a job where you are comfortable in a great environment it matters. It makes a huge difference. Indeed.com can help you find the right job for you. It can help you find the right employees for your company. They are the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. 
Unlike other sites, they give you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. So you only pay for what you need and you can pause your account at any time. There are no long-term contracts. Kind of sounds like the Red Sox. No long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools that make your search so much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. 73% of online job seekers visit Indeed each month, so Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a $75 credit for free at Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. And add this to the list of things I will never understand. I am not good with cars. I get so intimidated talking about what a car might need. It's just not my forte. I could talk to you about baseball until I am blue in the face. I literally do it every single week on this podcast. But when it comes to cars... You might as well be talking to me about football. There are so many makes and models of cars on the market these days, it's impossible to stock all the parts that you might need as a consumer in a traditional chain storefront. So why endure the often pointless, intimidating questioning of what kind of car do you have? Is it an LX or an EX? Is it this? Is it that? And wait while the counterman orders parts on his computer and only chooses the brand that their warehouse happens to carry and charges you way more than you need to be paying. Instead, hop on your phone, your computer, go to rockauto.com and check out all of the parts that they have for every possible car. It is crazy how much they have. And the best part is that unlike the chain stores, which have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're reliably low. They always offer the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market bears like airlines do. They are a website that is truly for everybody from the expert to the person like me who knows basically nothing about cars. And best of all, they don't require membership or account login. You can check out as a guest. It's so easy. They are a family business, and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So you know that they are legit. They are good at what they do. They have been around as long as Bartolo Colon has been pitching in Major League Baseball. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So, you know, ultimately what it comes down to with Jackie Bradley Jr. is that I've always just felt like he deserves better. When it comes to fans, he deserves better just in terms of not comparing him to people that he's never going to be and just appreciating him for who he is. And from this team that brought him up from the minors that drafted him and just is not playing it straight with him now. And tonight, I'm just thinking about the last game of the regular season last year 
which was also against the Orioles, but it was the actual last game of the season. This year, the Red Sox obviously are finishing their season on the road in Atlanta, but last year they were finishing at home and I was at the game, and Devers had a walk-off hit to drive in Mookie. Mookie got to score the winning run, and as he crossed the plate, he was yelling. He was so triumphant. The fans were screaming, and even though the season had been so frustrating, it ended on this bittersweet but hopeful note of maybe next season will be better, which is laughable to think about now, but in retrospect, it's amazing that that's how Mookie's final game in Boston ended. And I remember thinking at the time, if this is his last game in a Red Sox uniform, it's a hell of a way to go out. And I remembered that today because I was thinking about Jackie Bradley Jr. tonight playing in an empty ballpark with artificial fan noise, no standing ovation, no one to tip his cap to, no family. And I've become friendly with his wife, Erin, over the past year. We trade healthy recipes and stuff like that. And... If you didn't see her Instagram post, she wrote today on Instagram, today could very well be this man's last game at Fenway Park as a Red Sox. We wish that we could be there with him today to celebrate what today means for him and our family. The opportunity that the Red Sox gave him so many years ago has been our life's path since 2012, parentheses 2011 for him. Boston has been a huge part of our life, and no matter where we end up, the memories made here, the people we met, the friends we made, the organizations we gave our time to, the birth of our daughter, and from the struggles to the championships won, this place will always hold such a special spot in our hearts. Here is our first picture together at Fenway as boyfriend and girlfriend, to our last as the, quote, old married couple on the team, and soon-to-be family of four. Thank you, Red Sox, for everything. I wish I could be there with you today, Jackie, to celebrate you and the man and ball player you have become. Just know that we will always be there with you in heart. And she included pictures from their years at Fenway, starting with a picture of them super young as boyfriend and girlfriend, ending with a selfie of her and their daughter Emerson visiting him outside the ballpark because they are not allowed to watch games at Fenway. And I reached out to her today just to say how sorry I was that she and Emerson didn't get to be at the ballpark today. And she thanked me and said that it's been a really emotional day for them. And it just broke my heart to think about players like Jackie or even players who are actually retiring this year who didn't get their final game in front of their loved ones. And then I thought about players like Tanner Houck who had to make their debut without their family and loved ones in the stands to see them reach something that they have been working towards for pretty much their entire lives. And then I got mad (laughs) because I'm usually either sad or mad about baseball because I was thinking about how Rob Manfred wants to let fans in the stands for the postseason because it's pretty unfair to the families of these players To not let them into the ballpark when the ballpark is enormous and you could have easily and safely had these families in the ballparks having their own section. Emerson and Aaron Bradley could have literally had 100 seats to themselves with no one around and they could have seen Jackie play. But anything for a buck, you know, Manfred's going to let random paying customers into the ballpark, but not the actual families of these players. And Ashley McHugh, who is the wife of Colin McHugh, who was signed to the Red Sox on one-year deal, but ultimately opted out because of health issues with his elbow, not COVID-related, had publicly announced that she and their sons would not be joining Colin in Boston this year, 
obviously before he opted out because they're not from here. So they would have been living in some smaller home than their actual home in Georgia. And they wouldn't have been allowed in the ballpark anyway. So she would have had to be with their sons, not allowed in the ballpark, in a new city with strict COVID restrictions. And this rule preventing players' families from joining them led to a lot of families being separated when that didn't need to happen, or at least it didn't need to happen for the entire season. And that sucks. And another Red Sox wife who I'm friendly with reached out to me and was just venting, saying, you know, I'm really frustrated because fans, these total strangers, get to see my husband play baseball, or not because the Red Sox are not going to the postseason, but in general, random fans will get to see these people's husbands and fathers play baseball, but they don't, or they didn't. Are they going to have to pay during the postseason to go see them? Probably not, but for someone like Jackie Bradley Jr., it's too late. His maybe final game at Fenway Park as a Red Sox was tonight, and Aaron and Emerson didn't get to go. And this player's wife told me that she was upset that she couldn't see her husband play the season, but she was more heartbroken for the young guys like Tanner Houck who didn't get to share their debuts with their loved ones. It's just a frustrating and sad situation all around. And losing 13-1 to to the Orioles was a sad way to say goodbye to Jackie Bradley Jr., potentially. Obviously, the worse the Red Sox do this season, the better their draft pick will be. But on an individual level, it sucks that that was how JBJ's last game went. Alone, no family, no fans. Losing 13-1 to to the Orioles in your home ballpark. I just wish more than anything that I could have destroyed my vocal cords cheering for him tonight and clapping for him. Jackie Bradley Jr. deserved a send-off fit for a king. I wrote this on Girl at the Game today. I got super emotional. You should read it if you're in the mood to feel sad. Um, JBJ in the outfield of Fenway was a king, so he deserved a send-off fit for a king. And I really hope that this isn't goodbye, but if it is, I want to say thank you to Jackie Bradley Jr. for everything, every single one of those home run robberies, those graceful leaping catches, the way that you made the most insane plays look so effortless, and how you did it with such class every single time. You are such a class act, and God, I am just, I really hope that you are with us next year and that I don't have to do an episode of this podcast talking about the team that you're going to end up signing with for a gazillion dollars. But either way, thank you for everything. And yeah, this has been the late night edition of Locked on Red Sox. If you are a JBJ fan, I did an episode recently with my friend Ben Porter all about Jackie Bradley Jr.'s career. We just basically paid tribute to him. It was awesome. So check that out. It's obviously available on iTunes and Spotify and anywhere that you're currently listening to this episode right now. Shout out Jackie Bradley Jr. What a great guy. The Red Sox are so lucky and they just don't even know it. So as always, follow Lockdown Red Sox at LO underscore Red Sox on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at GFSTARR1. I got super emotional today, as you can tell from listening to this episode. And I, I actually went and wrote for the first time in a while about how I feel about baseball this year and about Jackie. And that's on girlatthegame.com tonight. Thanks so much for tuning in. And for the last weekend in 2020, go Red Sox. 